bum. It is Wednesday, the 13th of January, 2021. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. Yeah, hard to believe it is the 13th already. Lucky 13. You know, by Friday, we'll be at the 15th. We'll be literally halfway through January already. We are two days away from halfway through January. Time just keeps on ticking, ticking into the future. Hard to believe it. You know, 25 years ago, something happened that was also hard to believe. And as a, an aficionado of German sports cars, uh, I remember this. I remember the introduction of the Porsche Boxster. I remember the prototype that came out and was kind of curvy and sexy and kind of cool looking and very much reminded me of like their um, uh, their uh, Roadster, unfortunately, the one that James Dean died in. Um, and the, the Boxster, as it was introduced, they changed the air intakes uh, a bit because they were round on the prototype. And and they, they, they've changed the vehicle over the years, and obviously it's gotten better and faster and, and holds the ground, you know, more tightly. And they've changed the engines around a couple different times. Um, but the idea of a an open-top Roadster with uh, a, a mid-engine design uh, is very zippy in the vehicle world. And Porsche has just introduced, uh, for its 25th anniversary, a special edition, uh, the the um, Boxster 25 is uh, a special edition based on the 718 Boxster GTS 4.0. Um, and what they did is they've taken the that original Boxster concept and they tried to mimic it in, in color, if not in, in exact replication of like all the different shapes that were on it. Um, and those who, who remember it was in a GT silver metallic paint and then it was trimmed with like these copper, like, um, something that they called neodyne that, uh, you know, had like wheel trim and, and places where you would see typically chrome on a lot of vehicles. They did this sort of coppery looking stuff that was very cool. Um, and it was very, um, sort of unique Porsche type of thing to do, um, and then they also blacked out a lot of the other chrome things. And so the shiny bits on this vehicle are in this neodyne color. And so, uh, yeah, so it's kind of cool that they're doing a 25-year anniversary of the Boxster. For me, that's just another, like, uh, you know, sign marker I want along the way that, man, it's been around 25 years. I've gotten old. Because uh, it doesn't seem to me like that that was a car that's been around for 25 years, but it has, and it's and it's a very specific shape and design. Anybody who who knows that car at all will be able to spot it immediately, um, and know that you know it's a Boxster. And regardless of what year, and and I mean if you're if you're a real fan or if you're a real fanatic, I guess depending on who you who you're talking to, you can pick out like you know you'll know the different. Um, uh, changes in the body and the and the shape and the lights and the and the, et cetera over the years and so you can pick it out by year um but uh but this special limited edition they're only going to make 1250 units you know it's 25th anniversary they should do 2500 units they should just double that but hey you know that's me um you know it gets basically the the gts 4.0 liter um uh running gear which means 394 horsepower out of a 4-liter uh, flat-six engine that's naturally aspirated. There's no turbocharging. You can get it either with a 6-speed or with the 7-speed PDK, um, which uh, is, is actually, these days, the faster car. 
Um, I remember when the faster car was always the manual, but now they've gotten automatic so good that the faster car is almost always the automatic. It can shift and provide a constant band of power. Now, these things don't come cheap. Um, they cost just under $10,000 more than the standard uh, Boxster GTS 4, and uh, they start at just a hair under $100,000, which... You know, part of the thing with the Boxster when it came out was this was the inexpensive and affordable Porsche. If you couldn't afford a Carrera, you couldn't get that 911, um, you would get this. This was the the affordable car. Uh, and, of course, after the Boxster, then they came out with the hardtop version of it, which became the Cayman, which is still a great car. Um, but uh, holy mackinolies, um, you know, 100 grand for the cheap one. Um, yeah, yeah, you could buy a really good used Boxster out there, just, just, you know, like anything with used cars, and especially with used sports cars, you can, you, there's no guarantee they were gently driven, so, uh, you can be careful what you're buying, um, and, and know, know your vehicle, but, uh, hey, happy birthday, Boxster, 25, so, um, yeah, for, you know, I'm, I, I'm kind of a, a, a fan, like I said, of, of the German sports car, um, specifically Porsches. I'm a, I like Porsches. I've, I've got one myself. It's an older one, um, and it doesn't get driven much. But when I drive it, it's funny. I, it sits there and gets dusty, and then I have to wash it. And every once in a while, my wife says, you know, you don't use that thing. Why don't you sell it? And I say, oh, yeah, okay. So I clean it up and get it ready to maybe maybe sell it. But I always go drive it, you know. Every time I clean it up, I go out and drive it, and I drive it, and I come back home and go, eh, it's not costing as much. It doesn't get driven much. I'll just leave it sitting there and use it when I want it because, oh, it's fun to drive. Got to love it. Got to love it. Um, so yesterday, Tim Apple, that's that's a joke, uh, Tim, Tim uh, Cook from Apple, um, uh, teased an announcement today. He said it's not a product, but it's it's really big, big thing. And... Uh, and so today what it was was a commitment by Apple. Oh, excuse me. Mm, commitment by Apple to um, go out and spend uh, $100 million um, to create an education hub for historically black colleges and universities at uh, Apple's Developer Academy in Detroit or Creative Developer Academy. It's basically an investment in education. It's part of the racial equality or racial equity and justice initiative that they announced last year. Um, and this is an effort to um, to try to bring diversity into the workforce, specifically in the engineering and software uh, design uh, area that they work in. That's the world that Apple works in. There is not a lot of diversity. There's a lot of white, nerdy guys. There's not even a lot of women. And so, um, you know, an effort to to try to diversify that workforce and educate people to do that kind of work, I think, you know, it's a positive thing. I mean, you know, people can be negative about, you know, well, how come they're not helping this group or that group or anything? I think anytime somebody's lending a hand to help somebody, it's a good thing. Here's Aaron. Cap. Happy, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. So, oh, um, I was just reading a little... degrees outside today. And it's toasty here in the SoCal. Did you know that um, next week, we've got one day, I was looking at the weather yesterday, that we have one day, we have an, I think it's next Wednesday, we have an 80% chance of rain. Of course, that's, you know, a full week in advance, so take that weather for what it's worth, you know? Well, we need a, we need rain, because this is, a, this is a definitely a La Nina year. We're not, we haven't had yeah. much. 
Yeah, yeah. I just I I am um I am naturally skeptical of any weather that's projected out beyond about three days because when they start trying to predict what's going to happen beyond three days, their accuracy goes down pretty significantly. It's a, it's a pretty steep decline in accuracy outside of about three days in my in my personal experience. You know, yeah. I guess if you're in Southern California, you can say, well, it's going to be sunny and, and dry <laughs> and your <laughs> odds are pretty good. Your odds are pretty good. But so uh, it's like an L.A. story when Steve Martin like pre-recorded the weather and it was yeah. it had been 72 in Los Angeles, you know, for weeks, yeah, 72 and, and sunny and sunny. And yeah. and so he pre-recorded the weather and it rained and people were really upset with him. Yeah. The <laughs> one time it rains in L.A. and he exactly. wasn't there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to look at the weather today it, it, at this time in the morning at 710, it's 56 and clear. You want to know what the weather was yesterday at this time in the morning? 56 and clear. You know what it was yesterday before? 55 and clear. You know, I mean, it's like, um, yeah, welcome to Southern California. That's why people move here, um, you know, but uh, meh. Supposed to get Although some have... wind on Monday and Tuesday. Really? Like Santa Ana winds? Yeah, apparently. Oh. Well, I have a apparently. dear friend who moved to South Dakota, and she's loving it there. How did deer do in South Dakota? But <sighs> I have a deer friend. I have a moose friend in, in the Alaska area. <laughs> no, 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 no. D-E-A-R friend. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Take all the fun out of being a goober. <laughs> Yeah, and she's loving it there. I mean, it's cold, but mm-hmm. you know, she's she's used to it already. Yeah, you know, she said that she well, uh, went in, walking in thirty six degrees outside, and she was just wearing a light sweater. Crazy people. Your blood I thickens awesome. up. Your heart has to work harder. Shortens your life. <laughs> <laughs> that said, you can get a um, you can get your your vaccine, your COVID vaccine, in South Dakota because they know how to distribute it, and they didn't put a bunch of laws and rules in place to to punish people if they don't do it exactly the way the state said to. And so, yeah. unlike California and New York, people uh, the the distribution centers aren't dumping um, expiring. Uh, vaccines into dumpsters because they couldn't get it to the people they were supposed to get it. They're not allowed to give it to the people who aren't supposed to get it, so they had to throw it away. Which has happened in both those states. Which is Idiots. Horrid. It's just, yeah, you look at that and you go like, bureaucrats are killing people. Yes, they are. Yes. Why make and this should not be simple a su- when they can be much more complicated and you pay more people to do a worse job? Yeah, of course. You know why? Because we're in control and we decide how we're going to do it. We did the best that we could do. And if you don't like it, you can do it yourself. <laughs> Actually, no, I can't because I can't get the, yeah. vi- the vaccine because I'm not in, right. a, in a group that'll get it. Right. Right. So, yeah, you know, because they've got the, the, the 1A and 1A has three tiers and then they've got 1B and 1B is where they add in like teachers. And then uh, and then 1C, 1, 1A is like. Uh, mostly frontline workers, doctors, home health care, uh, you know, anybody who works with with patients of any kind that, that have to maintain that. Those are the ones who are getting it. In the, that's one A in all three of the tiers define that specifically. I think like tier three includes dentists and things like that. So um, then one B, there's no tiers. That's like teachers. And, well, lots of probably lots of people crying, but no tiers. Um, uh 
one B is includes teachers and a, and a couple other groups, and then one C is oh, oh like people seventy over seventy, I think. Then one C is people over f- between fifty and seventy, and uh, people have pre existing conditions and a few other things. And then after that, then they just open it up to everybody. And uh, and I know there was some efforts to just say any of the one A, B, or C if if they're there, give them the the vaccine. I know yeah. that the governor in in Don't South Dakota. Stupid. The governor in South Dakota basically said that. She goes, you know, it's like, well, we, the way we look at this, she set up, they set up their rules. That that's, that's how it is. It's like, you know, you give it to the to the 1As first and then the 1Bs and then the 1Cs. But if a 1A turns it down, you don't throw it away because the other group hasn't been approved yet. You just give it to the next man up, you know. And if that means you're into the 1Bs and the 1Cs, so be it. Anybody getting the vaccine is better than taking it and throwing it away. Indeed. Indeed. Now, I do yeah. have some friends who who are who work in the medical uh field or who are over 80 who have gotten the vaccine and they've had some you know injection sites soreness their arms were sore Mm -hmm. um and they may have felt a little under the weather um more so with the second dose than with the first um uh, but you know it's not it's nothing like getting i mean it's like 24 hours they feel kind of gross and then they're fine how far apart of the is the first dose to the second dose is it like a week or is it two weeks i think it's a week if I a remember week. correctly, okay. it's a week, but I, I, I think it's different yeah. between the Moderna well, and the Pfizer. That was and, my next question is, yeah, is, are the two of them the same? I, I, I seem to remember reading that the Moderna one, the, the distance between the two is further. Um, I know that um, I haven't really read that much about it, but my wife is, is particularly uncomfortable with the Moderna one. She's read enough things about that, that there's been some little hiccups along the way and some issues with people. Um, getting Bell's palsy and some other stuff that she's like, I just don't feel real good about that one. She says, if, if I have to get one, I'd much rather get the other. You know, and being a teacher, she's the one C. B group. B. B. <laughs> she is in booger. <laughs> oh, yes. And they're, say- they're saying to people that you still need to socially distance after you get the vaccine. Yeah. Um, yeah, there aren't any studies... Than- Oh, go ahead. There more than there's more than one uh, strain of COVID floating around. Right. Yeah. Just because you you have been vaccinated doesn't mean that you couldn't possibly still be a carrier for active virus that could then catch that could cause somebody else to catch it. So you're still supposed to uh, behave exactly the same. Um, which then begs the question: Why are we doing all this vaccinating if nothing changes? But 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 you know I understand that's initially behave the same initially until we get enough people vaccinated then we can maybe change our behavior the other thing is is yeah how does it work against the other strains of of the virus which we don't know we i think they've identified four or five different versions of that out there in the wild um and so uh for everything i read said that what they know about them and looking at the genetic code of the viruses that the that the um, vaccine that the changes between the different strains aren't things that are affect the mechanism in which the the virus the the um the vaccine works and so the vaccine should work against all of them and so um you know again time will tell yes yeah the vaccine could also six months after getting it turn everybody into a zombie and then we could have a real problem so um, (laughs) i saw that i've read i've read that book i've seen that movie yeah you know we're all gonna try to go after will smith (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
so I doubt that I very much. I want brains. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, there might be some some after effects or side effects or things, but but zombieism is not one of them. <laughs> zombieism is not known to be a side effect of anything, <laughs> other than your imagination. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I zombie movies freak me out. I know people who love them, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just uh, they freak me out. I'm not a fan. You know, yeah, just... I like, uh, I mean, zombie movies specifically, I, I'm, I don't care about that much, but I really do like sort of post-apocalyptic survival type movies. They, they intrigue me. And mostly because, I guess, I put myself in the position of the the main character, right? It's like I am trying to survive this, this uh, horrible thing that has befallen us, and how am I going to do that? Can I do that? And you know, do I have the skills to, to make a fire in the woods and, you know, that kind of thing. It's, right. I think it's the same appeal of like, you know, Naked and Afraid or, um, or uh, there's the other series that's the, I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head. But, Survivor? You know, uh, no, I don't like th- that. But it's, it's, it, there's one was like two guys and one of them is like a, a hippy dippy hug me like survivalist and the other one is like a, trained seal and so they both have very different approaches to survival you know um you know because there's there's those outdoorsy survival kind of people but that but there's you know within that within that general like group there are some very different approaches you know they're very much the 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 sort of tree hugger you know i'll make a bow and arrow out of sticks and twigs from you know that i find in the forest and and i'll survive and the other guy comes in saying i've got my you know my knife and my uh and my you know pack of guns and i'm i'm going to survive this way and and it's interesting the, the the idea of this one show is that you put you know one of each of those kinds of guys together and say okay now the two of you are in this situation how would you get out of it and you know, you, you have to work together to get out of it. So, you know, and I, I find your no way back. I have no idea what that show is, but it sounds, yeah. it actually sounds kind of interesting. It is because it's, it's, it, the, the, the human situation is you have two people who have two very different perspectives on, on how to get by in a, in a survival situation, you know, and they're put into specific situations that aren't necessarily, um, uh, I mean, they're, they're scenarios, right? So they both agree at the front end to sort of play by the, um, the rules of that scenario. And, uh, and so, you know, you play by that scenario. You know, it's like, okay, we are, we're here. Uh, we have a downed plane or a broken car. So what can we salvage from this vehicle to then move on? And it's interesting, too, because, like, the, the, uh, the more natural type of guy uh, at least in one instance and they use different pairs of guys but uh like in one instance you know he's walking around barefoot and the other guy's got like you know army issue boots and laces and you know there's different ways of of going about living uh some of these guys um uh actually live off the grid when they're not doing the show and in fact they've done sort of behind the scenes of them and you know it's like this guy lives in basically a cave out in the desert in arizona you know when he's just hanging out that's what he does you know occasionally so what's the visits, name of that show do you remember visits family i'm trying to find it i am scanning around right now seeing if i can find it um uh i think it's called dual survivor dual survival 
Huh, I've never heard of it. Google it. It's actually a very interesting show. Uh, the other thing I was looking for is there was a, uh, I think it's a Netflix show, um, George Clooney, where uh, he's a scientist up in the north end of Greenland, and there's like a disaster on the planet, and he gets in communication with a space flight. It's based, supposedly set like 40 years into our future, so like in the 2060s or something like that, 2050s, and uh, and we've sort of had a nuclear holocaust, and he now is one of the few people still alive on earth because he's up north but eventually the radiation is going to get there too and kill him and he knows that but he's trying to warn the people who are on their way back to earth to say don't come back here it's not safe anymore and uh, it's a very interesting story along those same same uh dual survival yeah okay that's it the show is called dual survival and uh there's nine seasons of it and for a long portion of it, the guy that was sort of the um, uh, naturalist and primitive skills expert was Cody London. And he tromps around barefoot through wherever they're at and uh, and runs an aboriginal living skills school in Prescott, Arizona. Um, and then uh, uh, there was he started out for three seasons with a guy named Dave Canterbury, which is a military trained survival instructor and pathfinding school. Uh, instructor uh, and then he was replaced by Joe Titi who was uh, a um, uh, former Navy SEAL Joe Teddy Titi anyway um, yeah so and then and then in seasons six seven and eight they had like a, a rotating cast of people each of them sort of fitting that mold one of them is sort of a uh, primitive skills expert and the other one is usually like a, a former military guy and yeah cool interesting dichotomy of of ways to to get by in the woods and you learn something from each guy right like the 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 primitive skills guys are usually the ones who as they're walking around are like scanning the ground and going hey we can eat this we can eat that we can grab you know and so they're collecting food as they're walk walking the other guy's like like, yeah the other guy is like i I just want to kill something and eat it you know i'm gonna go find a pig or a rabbit or something yes (laughs) you know very different ways yeah yeah, yeah, I have an uncle who's that way. Yeah, actually an uncle and a half that's that way. <laughs> Got two uncles that are kind of that way. Uh, so, and, and that way being the, the naturalists kind of, uh, you know, have educated themselves to understand what's edible and stuff, particularly in their areas, you know, in the areas they live, I'm sure they know better than other places. But So um, uh, Betty White is turning 99 years old on Sunday. 99, 99. <laughs> 99 and so um she says that a that a sense of humor keeps her forever young and you know of course everybody loves betty white and she was born in 1922 in oak park illinois and you think about Hmm. other people who were born around the same time actually she's she's older than i think martin luther king was born martin luther king jr was born in 1927 i think um Mm -hmm. Anne frank was born in around 1927 and so you know, you think about those people living a long time ago, and they did, um, mm-hmm. but they passed away. So we we think of them as being so remote, and Betty White is older than they are. Yeah. They would have been. They were the kids. You know? Right. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it just puts things into perspective. Yeah. So Well, and what a career she's, she's had. What a I career mean, she, she's had. She has entertained us. 
You know, I mean, I I was first introduced to her watching the Mary Tyler Moore show, which was started in 1970. Uh, you know, so that's you know 51 years ago was when that show first came on, and it was on for seven years. Uh, you know, and then then she did her own Betty White show for a couple of years, which um, I don't know that I watched all that much. But then you know she did the Golden Girls for a while. She did five, like five years of it, a series called Hot in Cleveland. Um, yeah, did you ever um, watch that show? I heard it was pretty good. I watched bits and pieces of it, you know. Um, it wasn't something that I watched a lot of. Um, that was during a time in my life when I was working a lot. And so um, I was working. <laughs> I didn't watch TV very much during that time, you know. Uh, but she's really transitioned to doing a lot of movie work. In the la- Not that she hasn't over the years done lots of movies in between her shows or when they're on hiatus. But uh, I think, you know, people who know her now know her more for some of her, her um, movie work than some of the TV shows she was on. Um, although you can still watch Golden Girls in reruns. I think that Mary Tyler Moore is far enough away that most people don't, you know, a lot of younger people aren't going to have that connection with her Um, for a long time. I think that was probably where she was most famously known. But um, the funny thing is, is that, you know, you watch, if you watch an old episode of Mary Tyler Moore, I mean, she was half the age she is now, and yet it's still, you know, very much Betty White, and yet each of those characters were very different, you know? Yes, Yes. She uh, she very intentionally. In fact, I think when they did the Golden Girls, she and Rue McClanahan, I think, were both cast in each other's roles. And they basically decided they wanted to swap roles and they convinced the producers to let them do it because she didn't want to be the 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 sort of sassy one. She wanted to be the ditzy one this time. And uh, and Rue McClanahan was saying, yeah, I, I don't want to be the ditzy one this time. I want to be the sassy one. It's funny because now you think of those characters and you go like, I can't imagine them being the other way yeah. around. But that's no, the way I they can't. were originally cast. So, and she is the only one who remains from that cast. The other three have passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Rue, McC- uh, Rue McClanahan was the oldest of the of the four, um, mm-hmm. I believe, when she when that show was shot. So, yeah, that was a yeah, that was always show. a weird thing too that uh, that um, the uh, actress, um, oh shoot, what's her name? That that uh, uh, Estelle Getty was that played the the mom of B. Arthur. <laughs> And she was the same no, no. age as. Yes, actually, I think Estelle Getty was the oldest of the of the four. But yeah, no, but, she but not by a large portion. I mean, I don't know uh, that she was that much older. She was born in 1923. Ah, uh, so wow. she was she was she was younger than um, Betty White. Uh, Betty White, and B. Arthur was born in 22. Yeah, see, she was the same age as them. She was playing her mom, but she was the same age. Oh, that's hilarious! That's so yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, Rue McClanahan was the baby. She was born in 1934. She was 10 years younger ah, than the other two, other three. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. No, it just goes to show you, you know, as, as an actor, you can play a role that isn't who you are. Well, and it's called it, acting it, for a reason. Right. And that's why it gets me, it drives me batty when, when people, you know, start t- try telling us that, you know, well, this person is supposed to be that or supposed to be this. And it's like... You know, you're playing a role. You're playing a role. You're not, you're not, you don't have to be that person when they hire you, you know? They're hiring you yes. to act, and and they can use makeup and stuff to make you look like whatever they might want you to visually look like, but but you're an actor. And so just let them do the acting. And then if you don't like their acting job, then complain about that. But don't say, you know... You were supposed to be, you know, Jewish and you're not playing Jewish or you're you were supposed to be, uh, you know, 
uh, middle-aged white and they cast a black man or you're supposed to be, you know, gay and they cast a straight person or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to complain about stuff as opposed to just letting the, watch the performance and, and take it for what it is, you know, and if you don't like the performance, then fine. Say I didn't like the performance. But, you know, when you when you prejudge somebody just because they don't fit your idea of what their what that character is supposed to be, you know, um, I know that when the um, when they did the um, um, series uh, based on the children's books, the um, the Mockingjay, what was the name of that? Those series? Oh, um, uh, 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 Hunger Games. Hunger Games, thank you. Yeah, when they did the Hunger Games, there was a lot of complaining about the casting on that because they felt she was too old. She was supposed to be playing like a 12 to 14-year-old, and she was, you know, 20. Um, well, welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, <laughs> and they they had described Katniss, if, if I remember correctly, because I love those books, as having olive skin and dark hair. So I pictured somebody looking more Native American, mm -hmm. and she, of course, is very Anglo. And so that... that you know, was that, that, but I got over that like 30 seconds in, you know, cause yeah. once you realize, well, that's Katniss and that's, that's just what's going to be what she looks like. I don't care. You know, exactly. Uh. And the performance was good. And so you just go like, Hey, she did a good job. Yep. Obviously the casting director knew what they were doing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That movie you know. made, made huge money. Yeah. And made her career. I mean, you know, since then, she's been able to pretty much pick and choose what she wants to do and create, you know, her own career from that. Indeed. So, uh, and and showed lots of skill in playing lots of different types of characters as well. Um, so, do you like yogurt? Uh, sometimes, yeah. So the U.S. Uh, the the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has announced a new recall of a brand of yogurt that I have never heard of. Lava blueberry dairy-free pilly nut yogurt. Um, okay, dairy-free, meaning it's not really yogurt. It's not really yogurt. So, um, because it apparently has possible mold contamination. There's these, mm. um, it's, rec it's recalling the the three ounce, 5.3 ounce blue containers that also have green leaves and aluminum foil lid and an expiration date of February 21st. Um, so they were, uh, distributed in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, and more. Um, the possibility of mold was discovered during testing. Um, so yeah. So stay away from that lava, blueberry, dairy-free, pilly nut yogurt. What the heck is pilly nut or pilly nut? I don't know, nut? but it's, it's, it's way too much for me to try to remember and say that's what I did. Well, yeah, well, but you don't, you're not avoiding dairy. Some people can't have dairy for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's reasons to, to uh, you know, buy products like that. I'm not knocking that at all. I'm just, the, the name is, whoever did the marketing on the naming of that needs to think about the way they named that. Right, and why it doesn't they really roll off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. When, when you mentioned yogurt, I, my mind immediately went to a scene in the movie Notting Hill. When uh, Hugh Grant's uh, roommate, Hugh Grant's ca character's roommate, um, grabs something out of the uh, fridge and starts eating it while they're talking. And he goes, there's something wrong with this yogurt. And, and it's yogurt. And, uh, and he looks at him straight faced and goes, um, that's mayonnaise. Ew. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, and he looks at him and goes, oh, right. And then takes another bite. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Oh, mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, and, and everybody in the world goes, uh, 
I shouldn't say everybody in the world. Everybody who's ever had like, mayonnaise. It smells completely different. Did you not yeah. smell it? Well, if you're if you're like me and those of my family, um, not all of them, but some, I passed the gene on to at least one daughter. Um, I'm congested so much most of the time I couldn't smell to save my life. So, like, if my nose went away or my sense of smell went away because I got COVID, I really wouldn't have any basis with which to judge that. <laughs> It's gone most of the time. On occasion, I sort of smell things. Other things, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it is what it is. Welcome to mm. having allergies. I also sneeze and have a runny nose, so people have been looking at me sideways since COVID hit because, you know, there's times when I'm walking around and suddenly I, you know, look like this giant mess of mucus and disgust. Well, that's pleasant. Isn't Thank it? You for that visual. I was trying to find a way to use my words. <laughs> and that was the best I could do. Yeah. Hmm. So I wonder, you know, are, are there any, you know, pregnant women, can they get this vaccine? I haven't read Good anything question. about whether pregnant women can get the vaccine and what impact yeah. it has on the developing baby. I don't recall. I don't recall. Yeah, hmm. I haven't heard anything either. I don't know. Abadombanoba. Um, probably a good hmm. question to ask, though, if you happen to be a pregnant woman. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder because I'm not really seeing anything by that and uh, about uh-huh. that rather. And so um, I'm going to Google it. Can pregnant women yeah. get the vaccine? Because you know, I generally I think they're okay for like flu vaccines. So, but you know, I mean, that's that's like saying, you know, is it safe to ride in the car? Well, generally, it's safe to ride on a camel. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're two different things, you know, so, so, um, yeah. Hmm. You know, I was talking about Jennifer Lawrence and stuff that she uh, has done um, and that, that was different. Did you ever see the movie Silver Linings Playbook? Uh, yes. It was Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. That was actually a really well done movie about some, some, some kind of disturbed people but it's you know kind of a romantic comedy but not your typical romantic comedy in any way shape or form (laughs) no it it was was it was odd it was an odd movie it was but it was um interesting roles for both of them you know outside i think i can see the attraction for them as actors to say well this isn't your typical love story (laughs) you know (laughs) let's do a love story amongst people who are very disturbed and and dealing with a lot of personal issues. And that's kind of what they did, which was kind of interesting. I think it made yeah. for an interesting, more interesting movie than your typical boy meets girl, boy and girl have misunderstanding, boy and girl get back together, end with a kiss, which is what you get like on Hallmark. <laughs> you know. You're the bane of your existence, the Hallmark channel? Pretty much, pretty much. It's funny, you know. <laughs> I tease my wife, you know, because I can walk in and it's like, has, has there been the misunderstanding yet or are they still happy? <laughs> oh, they're still happy. Okay, the misunderstanding is still coming. All right. Okay, now they've had the misunderstanding that is terribly contrived and wouldn't actually happen if real people were actually in that situation. Got it. How are they going to solve this terrible problem? Oh, I get it. They've got a friend who's going to explain that it was a misunderstanding. Okay, now everything's good again. They kiss. <laughs> Close scenes. Roll credits. So, so I looked it up, and according to the CDC, if you're in a high-risk group, like you are uh, a frontline employee you know, working mm-hmm. with, with COVID um, uh, patients, then, um, then 
they say it's a, that you can go ahead and get the vaccine. Essentially, what they're saying is they don't really know how it's going to affect the baby. Um, but uh, but if you're in a but if the risks are so high in your workplace, then you probably should get it. I think I would just yeah. go out on I medical leave. Yeah, I that sounds like the better choice to me. If you're working in a situation that's high enough risk that you get it, that could be bad for your baby too. Um, you dying while pregnant is not good for the baby. Um, by the same token, yeah, they're saying that the risks at work are worse than the possible risks of taking the virus. And I'm thinking, I don't think I want you to tell me the risks. I think I'll judge the risks. I'll do some yeah. reading and go, you know what? I'd rather just negate all that risk and, and go out on medical leave. Um, yes. I'm going to take, you know, and I don't know what, what the national standards are, but in California, you can take like six months, um, you know. And quite frankly, I think you could make a case that, you know, much like people who have to go on bed rest uh, early, that, you yes. know, having to make you work in a an infected environment is is not safe for the child you're carrying. And so, therefore, you need to, you know, phone it in. You can do administrative work from home like the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I'm with you. I don't think I, I, I would be medical leave for me. Um, yeah. You know, and and as long as the doctor puts you out on leave, then you know you can you can get disability payments. You know, you you mm -hmm. uh, uh, are entitled to that time off. Yeah, or like I said, you may not even have to do medical leave. You may be able to continue to work from home if there you know if there's administrative tasks that can be done. And let's face it, there's all kinds of administrative tasks and paperwork involved in the medical field because that's pretty much what the medical field is: is paperwork and crap for the insurance agencies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true yes i'm being very sarcastic and very pessimistic at the same time i'm sarcastic you are mm -hmm. yes um yeah so uh apparently hang on sorry i it's funny i did that in the night. pocket before you came on i did that and i was in the middle of talking about something and it just it came on it was like i'm sorry this is gonna happen <laughs> you know? yeah you know it's it's interesting I, I i had a cup of coffee yesterday at like 10 o'clock in the morning and i was wired all day long and i couldn't sleep my my Ooh, give me some of that coffee on my, on my fitbit was like um i got like three and a half hours of sleep because most of the Ooh, time i was good. awake um, yeah. and thinking, well, cause that's the only thing that I did yesterday that was remotely different from what I always do. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. well, great. Now to, today I'm going to have to have coffee just to get through the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a vicious cycle. It is. Yeah, it really is. Like, like all addictions, caffeine is just, it just sucks you in. It does. So, so yeah. apparently. And especially when you can't drink your diet Coke, you've got to go to coffee yes. and tea, it man. Is, it is so hard, but diet Coke is just. It is my nemesis. It is the monkey on my back. It is, you know. I'm with I need you. I don't. I think there is stuff they put in that that they're just not telling people. I mean, it is the most addictive stuff I've ever seen in my life. And I yeah. swear to God, it makes you fatter because it's got soda, sodium in it, and which makes you hungry and and the, and salty. And then and it also makes you want to drink more of it. And yeah, it's got no calories, but I, I don't get it. I mean, Diet Coke is just it's it's evil incarnate. It is. As I sit it here is. staring at the can that I've been sipping on. Because most mornings <laughs> I start off with a cup of coffee, but when I run out of coffee, it's like I can't, I, it takes me too long to run in the house and make another cup of coffee. So I usually have a can of soft drink after I finish my coffee if I want to keep sipping on something. 
Um, I've tried to to bring in like a bottle of my bubbly water from my 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 fizzy thing, and uh, that didn't make any sense at all, did it? <laughs> the bubbly water from my fizzy thing. I'm talking about a soda stream. Yeah, talking about a soda stream. Uh, you knew what I meant, but the rest I of the did. world be going like, "What's he talking about? Bubbly water from his fizzy thing? That sounds vaguely <laughs> bad. <laughs> that sounds like an adult conversation." Yeah, there's just something not right about that. Um, so yeah, anyway, the, I, I love the Soda Stream and and do that a lot. Um, uh, so. so, what I was going to say before I so rudely yawned. Um, Democratic <laughs> lawmakers are claiming there's one Democratic lawmaker who's claiming that the Capitol raid was an inside job. Um, Mickey Sherrill uh, says she saw lawmakers leading people through the Capitol on a reconnaissance mission, what she's calling a reconnaissance mission. Um, so uh, which is really interesting. She is a New Jersey Democrat and she took to Facebook Live on Tuesday to explain why she voted in favor of a resolution asking Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove President Trump from office. She said Trump had incited a mob in an attempt to overturn the valid election results. And then she referenced congressional colleagues who abetted, quote unquote, the president, including those who, quote, had groups coming in through the Capitol that I saw on January 5th, a reconnaissance for the next day. So that, those are pretty heavy charges. This is according to um, Newser.com. Hmm. Um, she says, I'm going to see that they are held accountable and, if necessary, ensure that they don't serve in Congress. I don't know how you prove that because they have people moving in and out. I mean, if you're there to see a congressman, um, then mm-hmm. there, are, there are people moving out of the building all the time. Right. So, and you don't know what their conversations were just because you have video of them walking through. I mean, they very well may have come in to see their congressman and used that as an opportunity to, to reconnoiter. But the congressman didn't necessarily know anything about it, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's a tough thing to prove unless you've got like recordings of phone messages. We'll meet you. Right. By the foyer. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see mm-hmm. what comes of it. If that's the yeah. case, then holy cow, then they. Yeah, should that be... said. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're talking about wanting to, um, to uh, you know, boot Trump. Um, I think that yeah, you, you expand that to to boot anybody who had anything to do with people fomenting revolution. Um, yeah. You know, but you've got to have actual proof. You can't just have innuendo. Right. Right, and rumor because that's that's. There are too many conspiracy theories out there. There just are, you know, and people, once they get going, it's the rumor mill and people love rumors. And it, mm-hmm. it takes, it takes a, a person being consciously aware of, hang on a second, let me take a step back. That just doesn't sound right. That's Jesse Smollett getting, you know, getting jumped at two o'clock in the morning during the polar vortex in Chicago of all places by people, Trump, Trumpsters who knew he was going to round the corner uh, that, a, that a gay black man was going to around the corner, uh, come right. around the corner, and they were going to get him. They were following him and tracking him down. Or yeah. he paid a couple or, of dudes to go buy red hats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and they were going to get Not MAGA hats, but they couldn't find any, so they just bought red hats. Yes. Right? Because <laughs> they were in Chicago, and they weren't going to find MAGA hats in Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah. Rumors. So, Made me think of a movie called Rumor Has It. It was a sort of follow-on to 
it was tied into the graduate to put it that way oh. it, was, it was about a woman who finds out that um that her mother was the basis her mother or her grandmother i can't remember which was the inspiration for the novel the graduate and that that uh uh that people in her family are actually the characters from that novel and movie it's actually very oh. cute it uh, sounds like it yeah it's a uh, it rob called? reiner rumor film has rumor has oh, it rob I, reiner I film love his films and he always does good stuff. This uh, stars Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Costner, Shirley MacLaine, and Mark Ruffalo. All right. Well, I'll check it out. Yeah, and we are completely movie. out of time. <sighs> time flies. So when you're yawning, you and I will yawn some more on our own. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you.